Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr., here with Diana Ross. <laughs> and it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel, you, you're so dressed up. What's going on here? Normally, I like to change into more comfortable clothes. More me. But this is, uh, I just left a junket for a movie, Armageddon Time. No, no, it. James, about loosely based off James Gray, the director's life. James Gray. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Movie buff. What did he do? Uh, this stars Anne Hathaway and uh, Jeremy Strong. Well, who, what did and James, Anthony Hopkins. What did James Gray do? He's a director. Of what? Like, well, I have to know because I don't think I know him. James Gray. Let me look. James Gray. He directed The Lost City of Z. Did you see that? Oh, I saw that movie. So wait, it's that he made Astrid. a movie, The Lost City of Z. I've seen The Lost City of Z. He he made a movie about his life. It's very loosely based. It's actually very interesting because it's based in 1980. Mm-hmm. And so it's right on the eve. Oh, he did of, Ad Astra too. I saw Ad Astra. He's it's on the eve of um Ronald Reagan winning um the vote and becoming the president. We're winning the vote. <laughs> it's on the eve of Ronald Reagan winning the vote. <laughs> and it's uh it deals with the kid, which is supposed to be him, and the dynamic between his parents, and it deals with race and capitalism and unfair nice. treatment because the kid, who's him, has a befriended a black kid at school. Negro child? Yeah. That's and so it tough. deals with racism. Fred Trump's in it. Marianne Trump is in it. Fred Trump? Uh, there's a guy who plays, plays Fred, Fred Trump. Trump. Why Jessica would he Chastain, be in the movie? Because the kid goes... Oh, I don't know don't if I can say it. all this. Because I'm going to see Armageddon Time now. I can't say all this. I'm going to see it. But... It was. It, it's definitely getting the Oscar buzz. It deals with really good okay. themes. Anyway, so I'm leaving that junket here, and then I, I gotta go do a red carpet tonight. What's the red carpet for? L Women in Hollywood. Oh, uh, who's all gonna be there? Do you know? Do you have a list of people? Yeah, there are eight women that are on the cover. Who? I cannot name all of them off the top, but who's on there? Just give us one. Give us a couple. Give us one or two. Olivia Wilde. Oh yeah, she's wild. All right. Okay. Yeah, she's wild. Um, she's got style too. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe, okay. Zoe, ha- Zoe had an up and down year. She got smacked with the uh, with the with the by the Twittersphere. I'm mixing up who is who is a yeah she did by the Twittersphere. Who is a presenter? Oh, Issa Rae. Okay, no, I've heard of her before. Anne Hathaway, Anne who Hath- I just had. I love Anne Hath. Uh, Sydney Sweeney. Ariana <laughs> Debose. Sydney Sweeney. Ariana Debose. Sydney so, Sweeney's the next big thing. Wouldn't you already say she's? A big thing? <laughs> Actually, I would. <laughs> okay, Sigourney Weaver and um, Michelle Yo. And Diego Cello. No. Michelle Yo. Yeah, I met her. I met Michelle Yo wow. at Lawrence Bender's house. We went to Lawrence He's so Bender's fancy, house. fancy, y'all. And I'm Diana Ross. And Michelle Yo was there. And everybody was telling her, because she's going to win the Academy Award for, I think, for everything, everywhere, all at once. She's at least going to be nominated. I think she should win. But I haven't seen all the movies. I have to go see the... Well, they ha- we don't know all the movies yet. Well, I mean, but you have to... I know some of the movies that okay. are out, but you have to make... You know, the movies are coming out. I saw Blonde. I hope that wins nothing. Um, that's one Is of the that, wor- I don't think that's going to get nominated. No, but like that was a big... People thought that was going to be a big deal. I saw it as well. Not great. Love Michelle Yeoh. Love the role. Interested to see what happens. Jomi from The Ringer was with me. Okay. And so you he, take some of your Ringer 
co-workers with you not all you were gone you don't know that this was labor we know exactly where you were <laughs> i was here labor day you no were, yeah i was here labor day you were doing something else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah we know and so and so jomi was there and he saw michelle yo and he freaked he flipped out he embarrassed himself embarrassed himself he embarrassed the company did she see it yeah, he she saw it. the company yeah. what did he do he just he was just oh my god he started doing kicks no he, started, he didn't he started acting like he was doing because she does martial yeah, arts yes i know so he started acting he was like oh yeah i love you and james bond he just made a complete fool of himself and Jomi. He did oh Jomi, never Jomi. again all right Jomi, Jomi, Jomi can be oh speaking of martial arts i just met the saddest thing in the back here <laughs> i just met For what a kickboxer with a broken wing. <laughs> it's talking to people. I like. I look back there, yeah. talk to the guy. He's a kickboxer. He does MMA stuff for the ringer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I asked him to kick because if you tell me you do something, I'm gonna ask you to do it. And he says he can't because he hurt his hip. Kid looks like he's maybe in his late twenties. He's already got a problem with his hip. That shows you that's why I do squats. That's why I uh, do hip flexor stretches because I don't want to end up like And this him. is why people don't open up to you. What? You what? just <laughs> met the guy. What? The guy shares an injury and here you are blasting him on the podcast. I share, talk I, didn't, about, I didn't name him. I share my injuries when I get injured. You are yeah. sharing your own injuries. Right. Guess who will never come in and sit on a podcast again? I will be back. He was a nice <laughs> Son of a bitch. He was cooling. Um, LSU won this week. So did Texas. Barely. Iowa State. It was good, good, good victory for Texas. Texas doesn't look... What's Texas's record? Five and one? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. only lost the game. Alabama. Yeah, you lost Alabama game. Um, Texas, not too bad. Looking look, good. Look, looking looking good. Looking good. Mm-hmm. LSU got the big win down in the, in, in the swamp. I What's didn't, their record? Uh, five and two. Oh, right, okay, yeah, I didn't okay. give Brian shit. I could have. I could have gave he didn't him. Say anything. I could have given Brian shit. I was about to text him, but now I was thinking that'll just make him eat a bagel or something. He would have texted you. Yeah. No, he would have gone out and worked it out or something. Oh, that's what he does. He's is he one of those? I'm mad, so I work out. People. He he's whatever any emotion he's gonna work out. Really? So so like that's so crazy. What discipline? I, I live in the house with him, and I don't have the discipline. Who styled one you? of us? One of us has got to just let themselves. Go. Who styled you for the the red carpet tonight? Um, extra. It's an extra event, so extra gives me clothes. They give you clothes, and then do they style? They put the clothes together. They tell you what to wear. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Well, I mean, they pick it out. I mean, I have a choice. I could say I don't like that, just like they put me in this today. Oh, so but so extra's not extra, like if it's extra related. There's a stylist at Extra, an in-house stylist, and so she styles But they're not like, Extra's not coming to you saying, hey, you got to wear this. Like, you need to wear this. No, not the specific item of clothing, but they specifically dress me. What if, okay, what if you were going to an event for Extra, Mm -hmm. and Extra said, hey, here's your outfit, and you said you didn't like it, but Extra went, you're going to wear it. See, it's been done before where I said I didn't (laughs) like it. It's never been done where they said... You're gonna wear. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Big E. You're That's what we're gonna start calling extra. Please don't. <laughs> the Big E. Please don't. This is the Big E. You gotta wear. Um, you didn't even comment on my faux bangs. Well, I don't know. What you, I mean, I don't comment on the way. But uh, it's a it's a new look. I don't. 
like I can say, hey, you're dressed up, but anything else is a road straight to this town called HRville. And I try to stay off that road. I'm not going to I'm not going to comment on your I'm not doing it. My faux bangs. So those are not real bangs. I could clip them off right now. Do you like them? Oh, you hate them. I <laughs> think they look good. I like the new look. It's fun. It's something different. Yeah, it makes you look. It, that's what takes me back to the 60s. That was the whole Diana Ross it's thing. It's a very mod look. What, mod? Was, what does a mod mean? Like 60s. Is that what like, that means? The mod squad? From the 60s. It's from the Is that from the 60s? I thought so. I think the mod, let's, let's, <laughs> I think the, I think the mod squad might be the 70s. Hold on, let me see. I don't know. I don't know. It Clarence Williams the III. 70s. I know he was in it. Mod 68. Yes. 68. Score one for Rach. Mod Squad. 68, and it went into. But think like bright colors, uh-huh. plaids, go go boots, you know, this kind of hairstyle. This is really Beyonce, B Day inspired so, uh, bangs. Peggy Lipton, here from the Mod Squad. Oh, she's passed away. I didn't realize that. Did you know who Peggy Lipton was married to? I do. Who? Quincy Jones. Bam. Like, that's such an interesting fact, Toy, that I learned when I was a kid. And I was like, you know, because, you know, Quincy is, he has a, he has a type. He, they were with, with each other for a long time. Who was he with before and after? I don't even know. Some other white woman. Oh, is it always <laughs> Quincy, hey, shout out to Quincy Jones. He's a hero. Um, Vanna had the best weekend. I was with do? my ringer, folks. In New York City. BravoCon. At BravoCon. How was it? It was magical. Really? Everywhere I turned, there was a housewife uh, from a different city. Right. There, and then all the other Bravo shows. I got to moderate a panel. I got to do a live reading. Oh, oh you told an, me this. Of an episode, a very uh-huh. famous episode called Scary Island from Real Housewives of New York City. Uh-huh. It was so much fun. We were podcasting there. We were attending the panels. Yeah. We partied with them. Uh-huh. It was great. That's so, great. who did you see? Did you see Nene Leakes? Now we all know Nene Leakes has had just sued the network, so she was she dropped the lawsuit, but she was not invited. Wait, I didn't know this. I don't know anything about that world. That's my Nene. blind spot. I know Nene. Name five housewives. Nene. In all of all time. Of all time. Nene Leakes. Mm-hmm. Portia. Okay, Portia Williams. Williams. Bethany Frankel. Good job. Good job. None of these are current housewives, but this is still okay. Ebony K. Williams. Again, not current. I didn't see her. Uh, Phaedra. All right. But Phaedra Parks. Phaedra Parks. Okay. Can Out I, of let all me, of them, only Phaedra was there, who I did see. Let me try to name a current housewife. Kyle Richards. Very good. Kyle's sister is Kim. She's not current. She's not on there no more? Mm-mm. I used to see Kyle on... Um, I used to see Kyle. Kyle was kind of fine. I used to see Kyle. <laughs> I, I used to see Kyle on Bedford because she had a store right there. Yes. At, at the end. She's married to Mauricio. Wow. Yeah. Don't know, shortchange yourself. You but, know more than you but think. But I know Mauricio because he is a realtor. Yes. Okay. And... While I don't watch The Housewives, I do love Million Dollar Listing. He was on a couple of times. He was on. He's not a few on the times. show all the time. 
So now they have a new show coming out on Netflix. What is it called? I don't know, but it's about it's about the real estate. The agency is his is his group because he left who? Who is his in-law that he left? Hilton and Highland. Hilton and Highland. Yeah. Kathy Hilton's a real housewife. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. There's a lot of drama there. Kathy Hilton, she wasn't always on there, was she? No, she's been there the la- this second season, oh. and she is a big-time fan favorite. See, I know shit. Uh, just to let you guys know, we had two of the types of interviews that you guys would want. Yep. Two interviews. We're not going to tell you who they are, but they were very important people running for some offices. Guess what? They both canceled. So, so we tried. Get off. We tried. We're sick of the shit. <laughs> okay, we had two interviews. The, the it, now to come on the show, it's got to be PhD or better. <laughs> <laughs> so had two interviews, both of them canceled. <laughs> One to, to, like two for two. Um, before we get into the show, oh, this is actually uh, this is actually um, uh, a topic, so I won't have to do it. I'll tell you guys straight up. The first topic is about drink champs and the Kanye interview. Uh, to be expected. No, hey. Just to making sure people know. All right. Big deal of the day on the other side of this. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear. That is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Rachel. Yeah. Noriega, Drink Champs, Kanye West, go. I'm not going to talk about what Kanye said on there. Yeah. Because That's we've been more, down that road. It's more cowbell. It's more, it's more the shit. Yeah. The fact that Noriega, does he still call himself that? It's Nori. Is it? Didn't it used to be something else? Well, it's, it was Noriega. It was Component Okay, Noriega. don't make me sound like I don't, like there wasn't any type of correlation. Component Noriega. Dope. Dope duo. Nori went solo, and then he gave me one of my anthems for all anthems. Which was? What, 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 what. What, 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 super thug? Van, I love that shit. Come back. I love, like, (laughs) I used to do this thing. (laughs) I used to do this thing in, like, freshman year where, like, just talk to me. Say something. 
So, what did you do what, this weekend? What, 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 what? Super thug. <laughs> and how long do you sit on pause? Until, until a person gets annoyed. <laughs> it's just like, it's just so, I just loved it. That song was so nuts. And he, but it was, anyway. So, Nor, Nor, but now, in case you guys didn't know, Noriega, hip hop legend, went on to to break reggaeton into hip-hop to be part of it, whatever. Now he has the very popular Drink Champs podcast, and they had Kanye on, you were saying. Right. Nori. Okay. So, not the first what, time. What, 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 what? I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I should have expected it. <laughs> you know that's going to be stuck in my head all day. Thank mm-hmm. you, Van, and everybody yeah. else who's listening to this now. All right. So, this isn't the first time we've seen Kanye on. Although he was making some comments the last time, nothing compared to what we saw this time, which is very similar to the comments that he's made on every single platform as of very recent, right? If not, I mean, the George Floyd was new. because that was new. I had never that, heard that. That was new. We know that he went to the documentary with Candace Owens, mm-hmm. which was about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And so he was speaking on what he saw and quote unquote learned mm-hmm. during that a documentary. So I don't want even want to get into all that because my problem is with Nori. Right. So this is Nori's podcast. It's a popular podcast. This is Kanye coming on this podcast where he's talking to black people on a black podcast on a black network to a majority black audience. There's a level of responsibility that you have to adhere to with this being your platform. I'm speaking to Nori when I say this. To be expected that Kanye West was going to you could have you could expect that Kanye West was going to be exactly the same as he's been over these last few weeks, months. It's your responsibility to hold him, to be a gatekeeper in a sense, and hold him in a place where he is not being derogatory towards black people. And he failed to do that off the top. Mm. In his intro of Kanye, I was already annoyed and I knew exactly how the interview was going to go. He notes the numbers that they're going to get from him doing this podcast because Mm -hmm. of how well it did last time. He calls him a genius in more than one way. He's wearing a 2024 hat. Mm-hmm. He notes that Kanye is the man who just can't be canceled. And he also notes how influential he is. And then when he references Kanye's behavior over this these last few weeks, months, he refers to it as a little turmoil. Right. Right then and there, he set the stage for the entire interview. Right. He made Kanye feel very comfortable to continue in the manner that he always has been, especially now that he was in the midst of a friend and on a very familiar platform. Mm. Noriega messed up here big time. And I truly believe, and we know he's apologized since, and we can rate that later. We're going to rate that. We're going to yeah. rate that later. Yeah. I truly believe... He knew he was going to get backlash. He knew that he would have to come out and apologize, but he didn't care because he wanted the numbers. He wanted the clicks. He wanted, if you even look at his Twitter feed and you see how he is amping people up about Uh how they're about to break the internet, pictures with Kanye, getting everybody all, you know, and I, I would think 
oh, he's going to hold him accountable. He's going to check him. He's going to speak to him as his friend. He's going to be the one to do that. And instead, you let him go on a completely different rant that now could have possibly him and you in a lawsuit. So this was extremely disappointing to see. All right, so let's hear what Kanye said regarding George Floyd real quick, just so people know. I watched the George Floyd documentary that Candace Owens put up. One of the things that his two roommates said was, they want a tall guy like me. They want a tall guy like me. And the day when he died, he said a prayer for, you know, eight minutes. Mm -hmm. He said a prayer for eight minutes. They hit him with the fentanyl. If you look, the, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. When he said, mama, mama his, is his girlfriend. They said he screamed for his mama. Mama was his girlfriend. It's in the documentary. Okay. I'll tell you where I agree with you. I'm going to tell you where I disagree with you. Okay. Oh, oh. I'll tell you where I agree with you. I'll tell you where I disagree with you. Let's say I go on Nori's show right now. Okay. I really want to do the Super Thug thing, but we got to be serious. Let's say I go on Nori's show right now. Yes. And I'm sitting there talking to Nori and EFN. And just full disclosure, I've talked to Nori and EFN about, well, not Nori. I've talked to EFN about trying to get down there to do the show before. Not saying I was going to do it or anything like that, but I've been in contact with them about doing it. Um, Let's say that I was on the show right now. And I said, Lior Cohen started Def Jam. Okay. Nori and EFN would jump out and say, no, he didn't. I'm like, no. 1982, whatever. Lior Cohen is... Is normally we start Def Jam. Later on, he hires Russell Simmons. They're going to go, no, you're wrong. You're wrong mm-hmm. about that. Russell Simmons started Def Jam. Like, Russell Simmons started it. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Russell Simmons started it. Mm-hmm. That's because they feel strength, power, and connection to what it is that's being said, the truth of what it is that being that that's being said, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's something that they feel like, in my opinion, on a hip hop platform, is in their wheelhouse to to challenge and jump in and 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 and, and be there. The question I have for them is why they didn't feel that way with George Floyd. Like, sure, do they not? know the truth about how George Floyd died. Do they not feel was there no, why was there no quickening to challenge the same way if someone said something negative in hip hop or if someone said something that was uh, inauthentic to the history of hip hop or someone said something that was demeaning to a rapper because I've seen them do that before like Kanye was on there before Kanye disses Talib Kweli, right? Mm-hmm. And Nori interjects. He doesn't say, yo, you can't talk. He's like, nah, man, Talib Kweli. Like, he he interjects. Mm-hmm. My only question is, like, why didn't George Floyd get that? Right. Like, what was the thing? I think it was a magnificent failing on behalf of not just Nori and uh, FEN, but of the platform, it very rarely do you get a masterclass in what a platform can't do. Mm-hmm. 
So we've 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 seen what drink can drink, drink champs can do, and what they can do, and what they do do very well is celebrate artists that are on there. Let us relax. Let us vibe. Let us connect with people who we've seen on our televisions for a long time. Um, they do a great job of making you feel like you chilling in the room. You almost feel like a spades game about to bust out when you're when you're watching Drink Champs. Now we know better than anything what that platform cannot do. Yeah. That conversation is too big, too important. Yes. Um uh and too sensitive to be had on Drink Champs. They don't have the bandwidth. And they would have to do something to prove that it was that it was different, right? That things were different. What I don't know that I agree is that the intention of Drink Champs was to antagonize people. And the intention was to energize Kanye to do the things that he did. I, I, I don't I don't think that. What'd you say? What would you say? I think that their intention was to get views. Well, yeah, of course. That's why you put Kanye on there. I don't think that it was about. Okay, we got crossed up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was about, you know, geared in that way that you said it. I think it was more of they didn't care. They just wanted the clicks. That I agree with. That you can't to to be so glad we're on the same page. See how we talk about? Like (laughs) that I agree with. Like for certain. I don't think they cared what Kanye was going to say. Nope. And the fact that we can agree about that, that they didn't really care what Kanye was going to say, is just a massive, massive, massive issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get to Nori's apology in a little bit, but Kanye West is now... A cultural nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. It's no longer about music. It's no longer about uh, fashion. It's about someone who can do maybe not in any real way, but he's just incredibly like the one thing that happens like when a nuclear bomb goes off, it destroys everything. But the first thing it does is it sends out an EMP and it turns everything off. And then everything, everything's turned off and it's hollow. And then everything just destroys. And it seems like with yay and whatever way we've made him up, because it, it is us. He, you just put him someplace and let him wreak havoc and and terror on stuff. And for everybody that says we play into it too much, they're right. But he just hurt George Floyd's family. Yeah, he just that's real. Like I I know everything else that we're saying is like, oh man, you feel insulted over a t shirt. You feel, but like actually being misinformed, lying about the reason why George Floyd died and playing up a white supremacist narrative that it wasn't. Think about what it means, just real quick. Think about what the fentanyl uh, narrative about George Floyd actually means. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Think about what it really means. So you have a man who went into a store, came out, was detained by cops. Cops put their knee on his neck for... Uh, nearly nine minutes and killed him. 
right? So the police that are there to protect and serve did not in any way care about George Floyd's life. They leaned on him until he died, and we we all had to watch it. Think about what the fentanyl narrative means. The fentanyl narrative says that George Floyd didn't die. He wasn't executed by the state. What it tries to do is paint him as another crazed, deranged, drug addict nigger who eventually was going to pass away and die anyway right? Uh, because of his reckless, drug-filled, crummy life. Mm-hmm. It attempts to shift all the blame away from the police, whose job it is to protect George Floyd, even if he is a criminal, right. even if he had done something wrong, right. they still have to preserve his life and to shift it back on the narrative that black people are criminally deranged drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kanye is co-signing on that. Absolutely, he's co-signing on it. You know, you said something about people saying that we play into it. I don't think that's what we're doing. Huh. I think the people who you have to say are playing into it are the people who continue to give him a platform to spew out this damaging, demeaning, derogatory, hateful speech. I think the people who play into it are people who say, who hide behind, well, I'm just a person who stands for free speech, which is something that Nori said. There's a difference between free speech. Sure, you can't just be like, oh, free speech, you can say whatever you want to, and there's real-life consequences behind Mm -hmm. the things that you say. And the things that Kanye West is saying, they're real-life consequences, which is why you have to address them. Stop playing into it. You have to combat the things that he's saying. You just have to. There's just a level of responsibility when it comes to that, or you should feel compelled to do so, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm so baffled in that moment. Mm -hmm. Being black, a black man, why Nori did not feel so compelled, so bothered, so disgusted by what Kanye West said. I don't think you have to be that well-versed in every single detail surrounding George Floyd. Mm-hmm. We all saw the video. Right. We all saw the aftermath and and the quote-unquote racial awakening that this country had, or at least how it energized black people, especially Absolutely. the youth. You saw it. You felt it. We were there. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'm sure he addressed it on his podcast, too. So then, and that, st- that not started, but it that was particularly was initiated at the death of jo- murder of George Floyd. So I don't understand how you can hide behind free speech. Hmm. Let's listen to Nori's apology real quick, and we'll have a conversation about free speech real quick. You know, you know, um, I just want to be honest. I'm, I support freedom of speech. I support anybody, you know, not being censored, but I do not support anybody being hurt. I did not realize that the George Floyd statements on my show was so hurtful. And you got to realize it was the first five minutes of, of, of the show, like when he walked in, he told my producer, he said that if, if, if he, he'll stop um, filming, that he'll walk out. So I didn't want I didn't want a Birdman moment. I didn't want a Birdman moment with y'all, like, you know, where Birdman walked out. So I, I wanted the man to speak. But later on, like, I actually checked him about the George Floyd's comments. I actually checked him about uh, the White Lives Matter. But it was so later in the episode, and it was so... It was so, like, you know, I was already inebriated at that time that maybe people looked over it. All right, so I wanna I wanna have a free speech conversation real quick. Okay. Okay. And I 
And let, let's take out the fact that Kanye West is factually wrong about George Floyd. Because we're talking about George Floyd on this particular podcast right now. But there was also a whole treasure trove of platforming some of the worst, some of the oldest, and some of the most dangerous tropes uh, about Jewish people um, Mm -hmm. that exist that Mm -hmm. Kanye decided to do. Mm -hmm. He's very intent on doing that. Okay, so let's talk about free speech real quick. There's lots of ways that you um, can exercise free speech. A lot of different ways. Free speech is your right to not say something as well. And I think that's something that people don't understand. Free speech is also mm-hmm. not being compelled. Not Free speech is also knowing when to shut up mm-hmm. and knowing when to shut something up. We're, we're living in this world where no actual definitions matter anymore. And it's more about the ability to create and craft a narrative. And it's peculiar. Free speech is speech. Free speech is a tenet, a cornerstone of our democracy that allows you the ability to say things that might be uncomfortable and not be persecuted by the government. Okay? Just for people to know, the moment you walk in a building, the moment you're at your job, if if you come into my house and you say something about my mama, I have the right to ask you to leave. Mm-hmm. If you come into my house and you say, hey, Van, you look like you've gained an extra 40 pounds. I have the right to say, you know what? I'm not trying to deal with you right now. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Okay? Like, I can't have you arrested. I can't have you thrown in jail. But free speech doesn't mean that you have to subject yourself to a bunch of ideas, right. thoughts, and opinions that either you don't like, which I wouldn't suggest that you don't, that you turn off every opinion that you don't like, but that are harmful or hurtful to you. Free speech doesn't mean that you have to self-flog yourself. That there's some, that you should find people who are going to say the most hateful, dangerous shit and just take it and eat it Mm -hmm. because free speech says that they should be allowed to say it to your face. If you think you got free speech, go on your job, talk some shit. Go on your Twitter that's connected to your job, talk some shit. You're in a private situation, a private business, they'll tell you to get the fuck out. Kanye West has the right to think whatever he wants to think. Everybody does. Everybody has the right to to think whatever it is that they want to think. Platforming it or putting it on unchallenged is not in the interest of free speech. Free speech is supposed to be about opinions and then it's supposed to be about dissenting opinions. It's supposed to be about America's ability to uh, hear things that they don't like and like retort to them. We always talk about boycotts and stuff like that. A boycott is a form of free speech. Mm -hmm. That's me saying, I don't want you to support this thing that encroaches upon me. So just because, let me put it through this. If you want Ye to be able to say what he's going to say, that's fine. 
That's cool. But you can't then use that as armor. Exactly. From people who are going to have a problem with you. Mm-hmm. We, t- we talked about it on this podcast. We haven't always done the best job with guests. We haven't. People get mad. Everybody hates every single guest. Like, people, people hated the guest that we had on to talk about the fact that they hated a guest. We knew. People did not like Sorry. Nikki's appearance oh, Nikki, on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> which I thought Nikki was great. She but, was. Like, but, but people hated the, the guest that we brought on to talk about the fact that they didn't like a guest. So no nobody likes any guest that we Nobody's bring on. Nobody's safe. Nobody's <laughs> safe on higher learning. From the soulless jackals, they're going to get you. Um, so it, it, it doesn't matter. But this 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 notion of free speech being this thing that means that we can't hold you accountable as a society right. for the bad ideas that you have is really weird. Mm-hmm. No, it's not weird. It's just wrong. Yeah. It's just wrong. And that is why my apology rating Ooh. is a one. You're giving Nori a one for it, his apology. He because I do I truly believe wow. he did not care what people think, as we stated. He did not care what we think. He did it anyway for his own motives, for his show, for the views, for the attention that it was gonna get. I think he always planned to apologize, but he had defenses in his apology. Free speech. I believe in free speech. That was one. He also talked about how he had talked to my son, right? He's shout like out to my son. Shout out to Tamika. He talked about. He talked about. I think he said Tamika too. He, he definitely. Def- he definitely said my son, and because that that apology that we just heard, it was it was from the Breakfast Club, and he talks about how he wanted to wear gear, you know, kind of like that's that's for Black Lives Matter. But Interesting. You, but you ended up. He didn't say Black Lives Matter, but he said he talked to to my son about he wearing to wear that until Freedom Show. Yes, and instead you wore a twenty twenty four hat. Okay. Then he talked about. You know what? Because Charlemagne did challenge him on, this a positive <laughs> thing, did challenge him yeah. on why he sat there when yeah. he was talking about George Floyd. And his response was, you know, this isn't political champs. It's drink champs. Why the fuck? By the way, that's a lot. But, th- but this isn't political. But that's my issue. That's my big problem. This is not a political issue. Black Lives Matter to me is not political, especially you being a black person who this directly impacts. And yeah. I it, that's it is a right wing thought to say Black Lives Matter is getting into politics. So for you to politicize what George Floyd, you really don't get it. And that infuriated me when I I'm mad. I'm hot. By the way, Nora, you're more than welcome to come on this podcast. Oh, We'd love to talk to you oh, about Lord. it. But that is why, I mean, I, it's it's worse than a one. When he said it's not political champs, I'm like, you really don't get it or you're not choosing to get it because he, George Floyd is not political. It's not a political issue. So, he, but the only thing, I watched the rest of the interview um, or parts of the rest of the interview. Which interview? The, the Drink Champs Kanye West interview, mm-hmm. the third one. And at one point, he asked him, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Mm-hmm. So they definitely had, they definitely had the inkling that Kanye West, who's been ranting about politics, who just did Tucker Carlson, who, yeah, they definitely had the inkling that Kanye West was going to get political on the podcast. That he got political the last time. There's not a time that Kanye West comes on a podcast 
um, that he doesn't get politically political. They definitely had an inkling he was going to get political. They were woefully unprepared, either either woefully unprepared, caught off guard, or no, they were not caught off guard. They wanted the wacky yay, yes, because the wacky yay is the yay that is that that brings in the most uh, the most eyes. I will tell you this: Dream Champs, great podcast. The great podcast, Dream Champs is. I'm not saying it's not. A lot of fun. Drink Champs has injured its brand in a way that is irrevocable. I don't even think it'll affect them. Let me tell you something. Sadly. They will will go on and become, and they will go on and be the same great podcast that they've always been. However, for a lot of people, for a lot of people, this fundamentally alters the perception of the podcast because I just be honest with you for a lot of people, this fundamentally alters the perception of the podcast. They seemed unserious look, man. And in the, in the times that we're in right now, in the times that we're in right now, Mm -hmm. your inability to grab your sword and shield when it's time to get busy is just going to be looked at differently. It's going to be looked at differently. There was a weakness that came along with this entire situation. Mm-hmm. It seemed at times like they were sycophants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, whereas that podcast isn't about that, and I get that it's not about that, there's still something that feels weak about what happened. It feels... They were exposed. That's not their. It's not their lane. It's not, not, not yeah, exposed, but it also feels like, yay, sunned them. Like he, like he, uh, like they kind of like. Hmm. It, it, it did feel, he? What, did no, he? If they got exactly what they wanted from it? No, too? no, no, no. But like it, even now, it's like you do the podcast, you put it out. The next day, you do an apology tour. All great. Drink Champs, a lot of fun. Love to watch it. Some of the best stuff. But it's just, I think for a lot of people, to to have a, it seems so unserious during really serious times that yeah. it, 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 they might got to do a little work to kind of get those people back. And for some people, they might not, they might not want to fuck with it as much. This is a revolt podcast. This is revolt. It's not a revolt podcast. Let's, let me say, revolt airs the video for Drink Champs. Drink Champs okay. came out before and they they have a video deal with Revolt. But yeah. Could Revolt have pulled the video? And is was is there a level of responsibility? Sure. On them to have done that. Because, I mean, I don't think it was a level of responsibility. I think Well, that's why I said that's sure. well, that's why I said what bothered me at the top of all this is you're talking to black black host on a black podcast Majority black audience on a black network. Okay, maybe not podcast network, but it's airing in some form. Revolt is involved, which is black owned. Yeah. So look, that's that. Uh, Thought Warriors. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough times in the uh, the triggering speech era. I can only hope that we all understand that it's not just our job to. Free speech is important. Free speech is a cornerstone of American freedom. But I think the only thing I think we would all argue is more important in free speech is protecting black families. And the family of George Floyd 
was subjected to lies, mm-hmm. um, to false narratives, and to an attack from Kanye West. Yep. That he learned from his new friends or his old friends. Um, I just hope that the next platform, and there will be another platform that has Kanye on, realizes that there's accountability not just in him, but in you. So there you go. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Jamaica. Do you like Jamaica? Have you ever been? I have, but it was so quick. Where'd you go? Um, Where'd you go in Jamaica? I went to... I was in Kingston. No, I was in Montego Bay. In Montego Bay? I was in Montego Bay. I went for a wedding. I missed my flight the first day, Uh so I was only there for like 36 hours. What did you do? Did you eat the... Did you have some conch salad? No, I had conch and um, Turks and Caicos. Yeah, I don't like conch. I do. Have you had it fresh? They would pick it from the water and give it to you. Nah, man. Mm. is not my thing. Conk is more of a Bahamas thing than a Jamaica thing, but I don't like the the conch. You know what I mean? It's like it's not. I don't like it. They had the conch on the salad. How did you? How did your? How did they prepare your conch? It was fresh. They literally picked it out of the water, and then you ate and raw shell and deshelled it. And yeah, we ate it. It was very God, fresh, damn. very good. Don, do you ever had the conch? Well. The, the oh, never. Donna, never you ever the get conch. the you ever you ever eat the conch? <laughs> Not once, no. <laughs> what? Is it like oysters? Right. Um No, it's not that slimy. No, nah, it's not that slimy. It goes, it's different in your throat. The conch is. <laughs> it goes down in a different way. <laughs> it goes down okay. in a different way. It's just a question. God damn, you guys are so immature. Jamaica, <laughs> where you can um go and have a great time. What a beautiful country. Has banned. You've been? No. 
Okay. We <laughs> were like TV. such a beautiful country. I see it on TV, man. Beautiful country. <laughs> I love Jamaica. I love Jamaicans. Jamaicans got so much flavor. Uh, it bans broadcasting music and TV deemed to glorify drugs or crime. Jamaica's broadcasting regulator has banned music and television broadcasts deemed to glorify or promote criminal activity, violence, drug use, scamming, scamming, and weapons. <laughs> Jamaican artists have criticized the measure, saying that it cuts populations affected uh, by heightened gun violence out of the conversation and it will do little to stop crime. What do you think about this? I don't know. I, I Well, my first reaction was, let me, who runs Jamaica? I was like, let me look to see who's over Jamaica, prime minister. And prime then minister? I was like, okay, are they white? Okay. They've They're had, not. They've had white prime ministers there before. But this one, but the Michael one, Manley. but the one who's been there for since 2016 mm-hmm. is black. Okay. So it's like, okay, it's a black guy. Then I was like, well, who else runs? And then they have a parliament. So I was like, let me look up the makeup of the parliament. I just wanted right. to see if they were majority white. Right. It's very diverse. The parliament's diverse. The parliament. Who's in? Who's in? Like George and the parliament. Yeah. So so they have the okay so listen okay so you did your homework on Jamaica okay <laughs> just just to see the makeup of the government right um because I wanted to say is this you know if it was an all white thing I thought well maybe this is geared towards I don't know I don't know something something in a negative way towards you know black people Negroes Negroes okay uh but that's not the case so. The art imitating life thing is not what gets to me. It's the whole, where did I see this? Maybe it was this. The conf- uh, says it cut. They're doing it because they, they hope that it'll stop crime, but I guess there's nothing that proves that it will actually stop crime. And although I'm not necessarily like, oh, art imitates life, so we should rap about it. That's not even that. I understand that. But if people, but on the flip side, if people are rapping about the things that they see, then maybe your focus is in the wrong place. Maybe rather than banning the music, you should understand why they're rapping about this music. You should understand what it is that they're talking about. Find a solution for those things that you think are a problem. That's, I guess, how I look at it. So I feel like what they're trying to do is mis- misguided. The ban is wrong. Yeah. Can't ban it. Can't ban the fucking music. I think it's terrible. I think it's really bad. I think that... Because it's everything. Yeah, I think that unfortunately, <clears throat> drug use, violence, um, it's a part of some people's experiences wherever they are. It's going to be in music. I think the question becomes, how is it used in music? Okay? Mm. Now, here's the thing. The interesting part about this is it says that down there in Jamaica, uh, it's about glorifying drugs or crime. Mm-hmm. The question becomes, and there's also talked about getting urban slang off of the, uh, yeah, off of, of, of television. The question becomes, how do we, and this is a question that I want everybody to kind of think about. How do we interrogate where glorification begins? Hmm. That's the question. I think that's the question that we're asking of music art here. How do we, how do we talk about, there's, Jay-Z has a song called Meet the Parents. It's a fantastic song. Don, you ever heard that song? Yeah, I think so. But um, I'm about to look it up now. Hold on. Yeah, whatever. So Jay-Z has a song called Meet the Parents. 
is this really stirring, moving song. It takes you through this whole story about this one particular murder and about how the murder goes down. The story is about a kid, a, a man who um, is out there wilding, doing his thing. He meets a girl. Him and the girl have a relationship. Uh, he but he he bugs out. He leaves the girl, right? He leaves the girl because and the girl has a baby, but he doesn't think the baby is his, right? Okay. So he leaves the girl. That guy ends up on the block one day. He's still on the block, savaging the block, doing his thing. Kid walks up to him, pulls a gun out, and tells him to get off the block. Kid hesitates. The old man doesn't hesitate. Doesn't hesitate. He kills the kid. Mm. The kid is his son. Mm. This is all in the song? It is a brilliant, masterful song. I suggest that you listen to this thing called rap music. Okay, I can't listen to every song. Over the, so it's a brilliant, masterful song. In that song, at some point, you know, it talks about the kid raising a 38. Right? Right. The the, the kid raises the 38. He raises the gun. The, the, the older man... Gets the he had the kid had to drop. He's clear he had to drop, but the boy just paused. It was something in his man's face he knew he'd seen before. And so the man took up, boom, kills the kid. So the gun is a character in that song. Okay, one thing. That's one thing to say that that song, which is not about guns, mm -hmm. which is actually about the failing of one man to be present in his son's life and how he killed the boy both figuratively mm -hmm. and literally. Mm -hmm. It's a brilliant illustration of how intracommunity crime, how fatherlessness, how all of these things lead to violent situations. And the boy that you kill that you don't know just might be your own. Okay. Brilliant. Has a gun in it. How do you differentiate between a song and it's drug use and drug selling in it, uh, drug, you know, drug dealing in it as well, that has that in it to a song that's all about that, to a song that's. Choppers, chopper, 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 chop you up, or kill, kill, kill. Like, how do you? What I mean, I we know what it is. We know it. We hear it. But the artist is gonna say, "Yeah, I'm making a song about a gun. I'm making a song about killing because that's the reality in my neighborhood. I have to kill. I have to have the gun. So the song is about my experience. The question is, where does it stop and where does it start? And mm -hmm. How do we know and are able to actually have the question of how much this is affecting the youth? I know to me, and Mouse Jones is going to be mad at me. Shout out to Mouse. I think drill music is, particularly here in America, is having a big effect on the youth. And I think it's having a big effect on the youth. And it's also a commentary on what the youth are going through. I think it's both. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely about having a conversation about how much hip hop is really contributing to us right now. <laughs> like I, I really am, but I, I gotta <laughs> stop short at just banning this, this type of shit. Right. I gotta stop short. Yeah, at banning. Well, an all out ban. Yeah. You're right. But again, how do you, it's almost like all or nothing, not agreeing with the all, but I don't even know how you're able to chop it up and differentiate. Okay. Well, this is okay. And this isn't, which is probably why it shouldn't even exist. Did you see Warnock and, and, um, <laughs> and Herschel Walker? I saw Warnock. Yeah. You know what's crazy about the Warnock? You know what's crazy <laughs> about the... I thought it 
was a joke when I saw it on social. Because right. I knew it was the 14th, but of course I was at BravoCon this weekend. So it wasn't until I got back. And when I saw it on social media, I thought it was a skit at first. Right. That is how comical it is. I was like, oh, wait, he's trying to be funny. No. He really, that's really how it went down. But go ahead, speak on it. I'm going to be real with you. And this is the the conundrum with the Republicans. The Republicans are so masterful because they set the bar so low. Now, we already know that Herschel Walker didn't show up to another debate. But they set the bar so low that anything short of him getting out there, taking off his shirt, oiling up, rising around on the ground, or some kid standing up and going, that's my father, was going to be seen as a minor victory. I don't know why he did slightly better than I thought he was going to do. If I'm being honest, like he, he's obviously unqualified. Warnock is obviously a much better candidate than Herschel Walker is, but the reality is it's so complicated to be a liberal and so simple to be a Republican. It's like, it's, it's their platforms are based around lies and fear. Right. On the other side, the liberals have this unenviable task of trying to govern for such a diverse base that you can sometimes get caught up and not who and not what you're trying to accomplish, but who you're not trying to offend. And there were at there were times when 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 Warnock, uh, who is a much better candidate than Herschel Walker, who everybody should vote for in Georgia, there were times when it seemed like he wasn't quite giving straight answers. And Herschel Walker was, even though his answers were stupid and wrong and, and to the and pe- and to people who were watching they might have seen oh he's not as bad as we thought he was i'm just being for real i thought he didn't debate i'm talking about the first debate oh i'm like i'm listen i'm like i am so confused oh. got you yeah okay just to clarify i was like wait a minute i thought he didn't show up yeah okay sorry totally so, confused so I'm, talking, I'm talking about i'm talking got about the, i'm talking about the first debate so look warnock won the debate sure he won the debate. He is a better candidate for Georgia. But watching it actually bummed me out because telling lies and running on fear and hate is so much easier. Of course it is. <laughs> well, because it's not based. You can just say whatever you want. It's not based in it. You're not worried about being incorrect or who you might offend. You can just say whatever the hell you want to say. Who you who would you vote for if you were down there? Man, Warnock, I don't know. Since you're actually making me I don't answer, know. I don't know. People say that maybe. <laughs> Donnie, take that out. <laughs> People say what? Who are these folks? Donnie, take that out. Actually, leave it in. It'll be funny to make fun of them. Um, Rachel. Student loan forgiveness applications are now open through Beta Mode website. The Biden administration has said, Rachel, it's time for you to get this money. 
Not me. What? Not you what? Not me. I wouldn't get the money. Are you mad about student loan forgiveness? Remember how bad? No, I'm so for people getting it. I don't qualify and I'm not mad about that. You're not mad? No. You think they did enough? No, I think they could do, do way more. I mean, obviously loans are burdening people. Like we talked, we talked all about this, but you're told you and I disagree. Uh-huh. I don't know if you want to get into it. You're told you're supposed to go to school. We it's it's going it. to lead to success and you're going to have all these things. And then all you have is this burden of loans and all this money. You're not nearly making enough to start paying back those loans. You're in such a debt. That's why, you know, you don't pay the loans. <laughs> okay, so uh, Biden administration has opened up the application progress for Americans seeking student loan debt relief in a beta period starting Friday evening. Officials told CNN, allowing applicants to begin signing up before the website is formally unveiled later on this month. In August, President Biden announced his decision to cancel up to $10,000 in student loan debt for individuals making less than $125,000 a year or as much as $20,000 for eligible borrowers who were also Pell Grant recipients. I think this is great. I think this is, I'm happy for everybody Okay. that, forgive them. I think they should. I think they should Don't forgive. Don't you think they should do more? They, I think, I think what they should do, forget about forgiving student loans. I think every single high school senior should be given $50,000. Oh, before they even go to college. Before they even go to college. It's called a, I, this is what I would run on. The Make It Rain grant. Every high school senior in America gets the Make It Rain grant. $50,000. Don't worry about where the money's coming from or how it's going to affect the economy. 50000 So what about us who didn't get that? What do you mean, what about us who didn't get it? Like, is there going to be, do we get to get our 50? I'm glad that you brought this up. I'm down for the AARP, <laughs> make it rain, have a good rest of your life. I'm not paying attention to it. So when, you have, when you're 55, 55,000. Stop. Make it rain. <laughs> Obviously, I'm fucking around. You guys kick my ass over my student loan debt situation. I would just like to, uh, look, I'd like to. Don't. You're, it's, it's done. I, no, it's a lost no, no, cause. No, no. I would like to. Put a button on my thoughts on student loan forgiveness. This mm-hmm. was my only thought. I'll say again, guys. I am super happy for people that are experiencing having their loans forgiven. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. It will dis- it will disproportionately affect black women who are highly educated. I'm happy about it. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. The only thing that I am saying is that moving forward, can we also have conversations with our young Americans on what being saddled with loan debt might mean after you leave college? We obviously know that the lies that they told about the job market are just that, lies. So now that we know what the truth is, can we be proactive about being forward-facing and talking about 
not only lowering the costs and tuitions at colleges all over the place, mm-hmm. including places like Texas, all right, lowering tuitions, not we have to have three conversations, lowering tuitions, mm-hmm. taking the debt burden down, and about providing people with college options that are more affordable, that will stress them less. This sounds amazing. That's, That's not what he said the first time. But that is what I said the first time. <laughs> I, I, I said taking all, you know what? No, a, I don't want to do it. That sounds you guys, great. You guys win. You guys win. Have you, what's the last time you've been to the Reddit? Um, I looked at the Reddit. What was Damn, the I conversation my, I we had? My, I, was, I, was, I was reaching oh. for, I was reaching for the, I was reaching for the, uh, the pretzels and I put my finger in the hummus. Go ahead. Look it up. I don't want to. Why? It's, first of I'll all, I'll turn my head. First so of all, first, no, no, no. It's not about that. It's just it feels. Well, I don't it know. looks gross. But the more you keep it on your finger like that, it's starting. It's to not look about more... licking. It's, I, have I have no a problem. Chip? You want to chip? Hungry. Yeah. Not I'm with just, that dirty finger though. Not with that finger. There you go. <laughs> it's not about. It's just I know that I shouldn't be. It got under my nail, and that's not going to be good hummus. Yo, do we have a? Uh, I don't want to eat that. Do we have a? Can somebody bring me a, a, a? Can someone bring me a, like a paper towel or something? These people are never coming back. Who is this? Who's coming to bring the paper towel? Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I was trying to get to the chip. Oh and I, my gosh, we would. I would have got pick gotten that for you. No, nah, you can't get up. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you, my man. It's disgusting. Oh my oh, look gosh! At this. Oh, thank you, well, guys. Man, what the hell? Look at you guys. He probably needs some more just to put yeah. next to him. Just... Yeah, just in case, you know. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. That's the kind of thing that Donnie should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Donnie's laugh. Did you? Oh, whoa! Did you hear Donnie's laugh? Whoa! Whoa! Donnie didn't like that. Did you? Hear, you did. You heard that, didn't you? I did. Like, I definitely heard that it. That laugh. That was. That was a nigga. Are you crazy? <laughs> like Donnie. Huh, 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 huh. Everybody. I've never heard ev- that. From I you. want everybody. I want you guys to send me videos. <laughs> On Twitter and Instagram of you recreating Donnie's laugh. Donnie's this <laughs> Donnie's I gonna be your hum. That's what the fuck I'm talking about, Donnie. <laughs> I, I guarantee you guys, Donnie is totally different at home. As what much you, as you want. Go ahead. No, no, no. I w- well now that you said that, but no, I was just more it was just in the space. Donnie, you know? Don oh yeah, it was weird. <laughs> they're not paying. Donnie is totally different at home. Donnie, do you... How do you think he is at home? Do you lord... I y'all weren't supposed to bring food into the studio. I feel like what? that came up on the podcast before. How you know that Donnie is even here? What you want to do about what it, Donnie? What the fuck? Y'all, y'all brought this up. When we you're had just like... You, you are with just... With Jamel Hill. You just accused... You are exactly what Kanye accused people of being. You are fed. <laughs> I'm going to eat every time now. Yeah, Don, I, 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 you know what I'm going to bring? Hey... I will bring fucking burgers in this bitch. They can't tell us nothing. I don't even have a little card nah, to go up to the... Nah, 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 Wait till I get my money, right? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. if that was triggering for anybody. Yeah, it was. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team 
at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Has, have the police been defunded? No. Wrong. Despite defunding claims, Los Angeles and other counties have increased their funding for the popo. <sighs> Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva has said local residents are in danger because the funding has consequences. Even though his agency's budget is up more than $250 million since 2019. He's not alone in suggesting to voters that crime is up because Democrats defunded police agencies. Yet in many communities, defunding never happened. ABC-owned television studios examined the budgets of more than 100 cities and counties and found that 83%, 8.3 out of 10, are spending at least 2% more on police in 2022 than in 2019. Okay, Rachel. Let's have a let's put a bow on the conversation around defunding the police. Okay. What are your beliefs on it? How do you imagine it working? What do you think the slogan, the term defunding has meant to the political discourse and do these numbers that suggest we haven't defunded shit? As a matter of fact, we funded them. Change the slogan. Fund. We funded them. What are your thoughts on all of this? Okay, there's a lot of questions. Okay, I know. <laughs> God damn it. Well, when the leader of the country doesn't believe in defunding the police, why would we? See, why would we expect to see any kind of changes in regards? Why would we expect to see, those? Are the noise from oh, the yeah, crackers. Yeah, yeah. Why would we expect anything to be different? The people who are holding up the signs in the streets, marching, protesting, boycotting to defund the police can only do so much. If the people with power don't want to stand behind that, not just the slogan, but what it actually means, if they don't want to do to, to push bills forward in Congress that are going to hold the police ca- accountable for things that they've done. Yes, in some ways, but in most ways not then why would we expect this type of report to look any different? In the most least surprising news, I, we've already, we've talked before about how police departments are so heavily funded. I'm not surprised at all that the funding has increased from 2019 to 2022. Hasn't Biden himself talked about giving the police more money? So why would we be surprised by this type of statistic? What does what do I think needs to happen? I know a lot of people talked about changing the name of the slogan. You could change the name of the slogan. But as you already stated earlier on this podcast, the right, the conservatives, the Republicans are masters 
at flipping things on their head. So whatever you want to change it to, they're going to change the narrative to make to to fit that we have to increase the police because crime is up, even if it statistically doesn't support that, even if statistics show that they're getting more money than they had before. They will find a way for it to fit their narrative. As as you've already said, they will spew lies. Nothing is founded in truth and reason, all to further their agenda, which is supporting the police, which we know they really don't because we all saw January 6th. They don't. I want to call call somebody real quick. Yo. Can you guys hear Phil? What'd you say? Can you guys, Donnie, can you hear Phil? Yeah. I can hear you guys. I just called Philip McHarris is live on Higher Learning the podcast right now. I have a question for you, Philip. Okay, what's going on? First of all, tell people who you are. Uh, Phil McHarris, uh, currently a postdoc uh, at Princeton right now in the Department of African American Studies. Um, I'm also a writer, researcher. That's basically my spiel. And somebody who didn't know he was going to be on the podcast today. But <laughs> I you know, did not know that. But you know what? Thank you I for joining us, Phil. Thank you for joining us, Phil. For sure, for sure. I thought that we would ask Phil about this. Okay? Phil, defunding What's the police. On? When I say uh, defunding the police to you, what does that mean to you? What it means to me, it draws on from the framework of invest, divest which sort of predated um, some of the language around defund, but defund essentially became the rallying cry. But when I hear what I think of is uh, essentially divesting from policing, it can also be used in relation to other systems of profit um, or exploitative systems, but divesting from policing and reinvesting those resources and funds and other kinds of entities and resources. So, um, it could be community-based alternatives. It could be uh, community resources, things like schools, hospitals, healthcare. Basically, the idea is that there are a range of things that can keep people safe that doesn't look like policing. And actually, the the uh, ideological and resource investment and stronghold that police have over communities is a part of what um, creates barriers for actually developing these sorts of systems and resources and alternatives that mm. can uh, keep people safe. How effective is throwing money at policing in reducing crime? It's not It's not effective and there's no real correlation between resources or, or particular amounts of funding going towards policing and reducing or increasing crime that's pretty you know pretty robust in the literature uh how right now from someone who studied this and i know i ambushed you but this is fun because <laughs> this is how we talk how effective are the police right now as as entities that prevent crime reduce harm in communities and are able to investigate crime after the fact I mean, you know, there's a couple ways to answer this question. The first thing, you know, I I think it's important to note that crime is a particular metric. It's sort of reported and captured by police and other criminal legal system entities. And so if you go inside a lot of communities, um, 
the crime rate doesn't always correspond to how people feel about safety or other forms of safety or things that might make people feel unsafe. So I think that's important to mention. But in a lot of metrics and barometers, the police aren't necessarily particularly uh, helpful or effective at um, reducing or solving a lots, lots of different kinds of violence. It's a harm. It's something, you know, well-known uh, within a lot of communities. And, you know, a part of what I, what I like to say is that even if, say, you know, a metric goes up or down because of a particular form of police activity, right? Um, say police are standing somewhere and maybe that, you know, whatever form of, you know, conflict or violence or harm might not happen in that moment or in that place, um, you know, even though that doesn't always happen, but say even if that is the case, the question is, is that are there other forms of alternatives or are there other approaches that could potentially lead to an actual uh you know, um, a natural approach to safety or an actual result in communities feeling more safe that doesn't rely on a system that we know um, is historically been violent, racist, classist, um, and doesn't do an effective job at solving these forms of violence or harm anyway. So last question. Yes. We were talking about police budgets and the fact that most of the police budgets have actually gone up, right? It's like, yeah. I maybe I'd, I'd call and get his take on this. So there's been pushback, not just by Republicans on this issue, but by Democrats too. Obviously, President Biden says that we need to fund the police and use that money to uh, better train police um, in de-escalation, better train police in harm reduction, better train police in ways not to kill American citizens. Defund the police has been in insanely unpopular as a political slogan. It just hasn't worked. So I'll actually ask a two-pronged last question. Number one, what is the problem with funding the police? And number two, should the term defund the police be moved away from to a term that is maybe better suited to explain what it is that abolitionists and guys like yourself are really looking to imagine when it comes to society? Right. I mean, so in terms of the first question, I think that, you know, essentially it goes back to what you initially asked is that pouring more and more resources into a system um, that historically it, it doesn't do what it's said to do in the way that you know it's said to do it. But it also is responsible for widespread, continuous and longstanding uh, violence against uh, communities, in particular communities, um, especially, uh, you know, Throwing more and more money at that institution won't solve its problems. You know, if we if we think about it in a, from a different perspective, if there's something that's structurally unsound, say there's a house that's like structurally unsound, and it needs it, it, what it needs is not like to throw money at. Okay, let's put a wallpaper, or you know, let's change the carpet because it's structurally unsound. You know, it's fundamentally not something that um, can be repaired in that way. And so, if you keep throwing money and resources at that thing. You know, which you'll end up having is something that, you know, it, it's it's more invested in, but it doesn't lead to um, the desired result. And, and to me, the desired result is to have uh, a society where people can be safe and people can manage concerns around safety, um, you know, with things that don't have the threat of potentially, you know, killing them uh, or causing them harm in that way. And also getting at the root of, 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 of some of these uh, forms of violence and harm. So I would say that in terms of the first question. The second question, you know, I think it's a complicated one. And I think that, uh, 
you know, I, I've thought a lot about this and there's a lot of different ways to answer it. You know, a part of, you know, in one way, the whole country began talking about defund. And it wasn't a new concept. The strategy wasn't new. And so in one way, there was a certain kind of political uh, thrust that the the language injected inside, you know, the, the national discourse. Um, and, you know, once somebody can say if there was another slogan, would that have happened in that way? You know what I mean? The, the other thing, though, is that I actually don't think it's the slogan. I think it's just the... the the strategy and the approach in general, it gets a lot of, um, you know, reactionary responses because there's an ideological sort of commitment and stronghold that people have or that the police and society has in relationship with systems of punishment. And so, you know, I think regardless of what it's called, I think like people just have certain kinds of ideological investments and that's the actual when things sort of brush up against it that's actually the issue because people you know people sort of it became very clear what people meant um i actually don't think it's about the slogan i think it could have potentially been called something else and it could have had a similar you know people were saying like abolish the police i don't know you know you're right that's what rachel says also people saying like invest and community resources and institutions and alternatives to safety and divest from systems of punishment and harm. Like that's not really, you know, right. Like what, what I, if I going to go say that, you know, in every context. And so it's kind of like, it's, I, I think it's more about just the strategy and the ideological commitments have to police and prisons and punishment um, more so than it is to the strategy. The question though is, is that how do communities build power and push for these sorts of community, um, you know, resources and, and alternatives to safety. And in some ways, I do think that the needle was pushed in that way. But how do communities build power to create that? Because what we've seen is that the reactionary responses from the state, from, uh, you know, people across political aisles has been very strong. And it's created a lot of sort of, uh, you know, police expansion and police sort of, um being emboldened in different ways with resources and, 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 you know, elsewhere. So I think, you know, I think it's a complicated question. And I think the question just becomes like, how do communities build power to really sort of um, create the world that we want to see, which, you know, is uh, to me one that's safe, but in safe from not only sort of community forms of harm and violence, but also sort of police violence and systems of punishment and harm. That was Philip McHarris. He is the CEO of Donda Enterprises, the right hand man to Kanye West. Yeah, like uh, he not talking like that. Yeah, like he look. I'm glad that uh, uh, the work that you guys are doing over there, um, over at Donda, Philip. So, but now, Phil, I'll I'll hit you when I leave. I just wanted to rather than give my take on that, I wanted people to hear where I get my ideas on it from. So, <laughs> so I'll hit you. I'll hit you later, brother. Phil was ready. Right, Thank bro. you, Phil. Be good. Thank you. Thank you. Phil is the man. Phil is the fucking man. Um, we don't have very much podcast left. Look, animals are doing their things. Do you want to talk about the animals? I even sent you something, so you know they're doing their thing when I send it to you. Yeah. So what? Which animal story would you like to talk about? What are we got three animal well, stories? We got the bull that jumped into the stands at the bullfighting event. Obviously, I'm on the bull side. We got billions of snow crabs disappearing one. from the waters around Alaska. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. And then we got video surfacing of a mountain climber fighting off a bear. <gasps> you see that? Look at that. The bear came back. Bear came back. And he's filming. And he's filming. 
One one's gotta go. One's gotta go. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. Let's do the bowl. Well, we already have to. We already talked about the bear. We got to talk about the bear. <laughs> okay, talk about the bear. I have a new name. For? This period. Okay. Van Lathan Animal Agent. I'm an agent, a double agent for the animals. I am masquerading as a human. I'm really mountain lion. I am here to subvert. You know what? When I announced my initiative. We're waiting. At the, you don't understand that this is happening. When I announced my initiative at the beginning of December, <laughs> I hope, I hope, I'm working on this. I love animals. I do too. Uh, Rachel, I don't think you love animals. Do Go do. ahead and have some more. You saw me look at this. You saw me look over at them. I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. Look at that. Rachel's have some more. Um, I don't think you love animals. <laughs> I have animals. Dogs don't count. That's not true. Donnie. Because no, my dogs are rescue dogs. I love animals. Both, both came from the streets. That's so that's so fucked up that but you do I'm, me like that. No. If you feel guilty, that's on you. I didn't say anything. I merely spoke facts. Donnie. Copper was literally rescued from the streets. Do you think Rachel Same loves animals? Uh, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't say no. This fucking guy. She, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I would say Dying. she likes animals. Love is a strong word. Because you were very pro-killing the snake. But you do. Maybe you love certain animals. snakes animals. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You love, you like, which is like why I don't want to talk about animals. the crabs. You don't consider snakes animals. Why, which is why I don't want to talk about the crabs as well. That's not, they shouldn't even be in our segment. The crabs? I really only want to talk about mammals. Crab. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> crabs are a very important part of the ocean ecosystem. And if the crabs are disappearing from around 8 billion. To one billion up there in Alaska, that's a huge, huge deal. And they and it's unexplained. No one knows how it's doing. No one official side may be overfishing. Uh, you they know, said it's not they're saying it's not caused by humans. It's something else that's going on? What if the something cra- in the water? It could be something in the mm-hmm. water. What if the crabs though, they just fucking finally figured the shit out? Because the only thing I will say about the crabs is they have been getting caught the same way for generations, and I would think that, 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 you know what I'm saying? Couldn't you say that about fish, too? Yeah, fish is... Okay, so this is why I say fish is a little different, because sometimes you catch fish just by, like... So you know what happens when the fish come up the river for the bears. The fish are, the fish are horny. They're mm. trying to get to spawn. Mm-hmm. Anybody can make a mistake when they're horny like that. We all know that as humans, <laughs> right? So the fish, sometimes they just... The crabs, come on, crabs. It's a big thing. You get a big metal crate. Just stay away from the crate, man. The fish is different. You throw the thing on top of there, it looks like an insect. The fish is like, what the fuck? You know? And then all of a sudden he's he's out. But the crab is a big metal. Stay out the fucking stay out the crab thing. But no, seriously, I'm on the side of the crabs. But this this video with the bear, I'm going for the bear. I haven't had I haven't seen one animal video recently where I'm Going for the human. I don't, I don't want the human to get ever. killed, but... Then what do you want? If you say you're going for the bear, what else do you want? A scratch? A push? 
So the, they learn their lesson? So they d- learn that the mountain, <laughs> the mountain belongs. This is my problem. The mountain belongs to the bear. It's the bear's home. You up there with a camera fucking with the bear, and you caught that bear on the wrong fucking day. The wrong day. I'm going to be Van Lathan, animal agent. You know there's a movie about this. What is the movie called? Um, Ace Ventura, pet detective. No, that's different, man. Like he, <laughs> Daddy, he, no, do you no, see no. the similarities? It's not. It's not. It's not. Van <laughs> Lathan, <laughs> animal agent. <laughs> Van Lathan, animal agent. I am going to be. I'm, I'm going to work. It. I'm going to do stuff to where people think that I'm working on behalf of humans, <laughs> and it's going to be on behalf of animals. I see this bear. I think about the trauma that this bear had to go through fighting off this mountain lion who's in his crib. His or her crib. God, cut that fucking music off. I can't take you seriously with the music in the background. You guys, I'm being, okay, let me me be serious for a second. (laughs) Hold on. We have to, let me be serious for a second. We have to, I'm looking around. I've been looking up all kinds of stats. (laughs) You need to stop. On deforestation. I've been looking out stats on displacement. Mountain lion everywhere. What's going on with mountain lion? Somebody sent me a, a a very beautiful picture of a baby mountain lion. It was great. Baby mountain lion. I love it. We got to help the animals. Listen, I will agree with you. When you climb that mountain and you get into their territory, you enter at your own risk. Yeah. I agree with that. Now, would I say I'm rooting for the bear to harm the human? Not, not, I don't want to see nobody. I'm more, I'm very bothered though that he kept the camera on. Like, you weren't serious about your life if you were trying to capture it. Like, when you have dropped the camera, it it looked like it might have been on a stick. I would have been fighting for my, he wasn't serious about living. He was more serious about that moment. I gotta say something else. What? Before we go, our ancestors in Africa knew how to live with the animals, man. They knew how to live in symbiosis so that the natives here. Knew how to live in symbiosis with the animals, man. We knew how to live, and you know the natives here called the the deer and the buffalo brother. They they like they connected. I'm being for real. I know they did. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm being for real. They live with the buffalo. They hang out with the buffalo. Sure, they got to use the buffalo for certain different things, but they respect the buffalo. White man, come over here. No more buffalo. White man shoot a goddamn lion. White man. White man set a bear trap for the bear. All right. This is, I'm telling you, all of this hatred for the animals. All of this <laughs> treating the animals poorly. Donnie. This was all right, fine. Just play the fucking we song. We got we got new music for yeah. the animal segment. Man, ladies and animal <laughs> agent. This is not of us, man. This is we not like we're not supposed to be like this. Black people, we gotta we gotta be on the side of animals, man. I'm just being serious. I'm. This is going to be the second part of my life. What's your calling? I, I okay. And I, I'm. By the way, I'm not talking about going to some tiger sanctuary. You're never going to see me in some tiger sanctuary holding a poor baby tiger that really wants to be out there. Look, I know that we have to have. You know, I don't know. I'm still building up my my knowledge on it about zoos and all of that stuff. I'm talking about really for the animals. Whatever. I'm sick of it. Um, I am no very serious question of the week because I'm pissed off now. All right, I'm very upset. Are you looking forward to going to your premiere? It's not a premiere. 
It's a red carpet. It's just a red carpet. So I'm gonna let's talk about you. What serious questions are you gonna ask at the red carpet? Are you gonna ask Zoe Kravitz about the Twitter thing? You should ask her. No, I'm gonna try to keep it light. These women are being honored as as doing fabulous things and representing themselves in a beautiful way in Hollywood. I'm gonna keep it light, Van. I'm gonna keep it light. Serious questions. I get to do all that here. Remember, there's pile earning Rachel. Yeah. There's Bachelor Rachel. Bachelor. And there's Extra Rachel. Extra Rachel. You're extra all the time. Like you, do you, um, you know what you should ask? You should ask them something off the wall. Can I get to pick one question and you have Absolutely. to ask Absolutely. Okay. Just one off the wall question for women, let me think. You have to ask all of them. Give me your most embarrassing wig moment. Wig? Yeah. That's assuming, I don't think any of the women that I named. They wore wigs before. Where, okay. They all wore wigs. That's not going to get asked. I thought you would, I thought you would come okay, better than think. that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really blanking. Ask them. Ask them what they. <laughs> Damn, I'm, bl- I'm blanking, man. Because the stuff I want to ask is so subversive. Try me. It's like, I want to know if they had to date one rapper, who would it be? I want to know if they eat pork. <laughs> Take your thinking caps off. <laughs> Take them off because Vans, he, he threw that shit out the window. When he started talking, the bear took it off. Bear, <laughs> I'm, I'm so upset. Yeah, Rachel, go ahead. Take us off. Take your thinking caps off. But don't stop thinking I am Rachel Lindsay. I'm Van Lathan. Ask them if they like <laughs> fried. Ask them if they eat. Ask them if they ever heard of chitlins. This is a good question. Ask every I'm woman. I'm not there to embarrass them. And what if they have? Ask okay. Them, ask them if they ever heard of chitlins before. And what if I want to know yes. if Anne Hathaway has ever heard of chitlins. And if she says yes. Ask her if she's ever eaten a chitlin. And if she would eat a chitlin. I've never eaten a chitlin. I've had, I haven't eaten it either. I smelled it once and I said, y'all niggas on your own. <laughs> but, 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 okay, bye. We got to go. Donnie, play, take us out with the music. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.